Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small businesses that are thriving during this recession. And this week's guest, well, he's imbibing on the Seven Oaks lifestyle. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And our guest this week is David Perkins, the publisher of Seven Oaks Living. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. And for Visioneers who don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your business does. Okay, so I am a um, franchisee of the N2 company. Uh -huh. And as that, I am the owner-publisher of a magazine called Seven Oaks Living. Uh -huh. It's a magazine that is just designed to reach only the neighborhood of Seven Oaks here in Bakersfield. For visioneers, you may notice we are not in Seven Oaks. We are here at Imbibe, which is a wonderful local alehouse and winery here in Bakersfield. And David Perkins was, was very good to get us this interview here in this location. So if you hear people in the background, if you hear a clanking of glasses, it's because people are doing what they should be doing here, imbibing. Drinking. <laughs> And to that notion, um, there's, we are here in a recession, and people are drinking a little bit more than probably they should have. But they are also doing something that most people thought had gone the way of the dodo, which is reading periodicals. Much more so than they had been in the past, absolutely. Why? You know, it's interesting. So magazines... I mean, we all think that print is dead. We hear that over and over and over again. And yet, this type of a magazine has been thriving and growing for 16 years now. In fact, Seven Oaks Living, mm -hmm. it's six years old here in Bakersfield and growing rapidly. It's doing well. Part of the reason, and this is one of the things I would like to really explore with you, is we keep hearing over and over and over again in business schools and business podcasts and business programs that you need to go an inch wide and a mile deep. And this is a prime example of doing that. And explain to Visioneer Nation why Seven Oaks Living is an inch wide and a mile deep. Well, it's that whole niche concept. Hmm. So, um, I'm, look, let's face it, all, there's marketing options out there all over the place. We've all grown up with them. They all still exist. Mm -hmm. They all still do a job to a certain extent. We have decided it's important to zero in on a niche group of, of consumers. Mm. And they're what you would consider an affluent, socially in, and connected type of demographic here in Bakersfield. They consume information and word of mouth recommendations differently than the common reader. The other thing that Seven Oaks Living does too is it focuses on the lifestyle that people aspire to. True, true. So there's a certain amount of escapism, as it were, and there's a certain amount of this is why we, this is the kind of life we would like to have, and this is one of the things that you publish. Well, I mean, that, that's true to a certain extent, but what really we zero in on are the people that live in the neighborhood. Ah. So that's, that's the one unique proposition that we bring to the plate. It's the, the content is all about the people that live there, and it's either written by them, 
or about them. Hmm. And as you look through the magazine, you'll see that there, I've got 15 to 20 different writers in the neighborhood that want to talk about what their neighbors are up to or what they're up to. They just share it all the time. So in addition to aspiring to live in the neighborhood, these people want to know what their neighbors are up to. Even though it's a big neighborhood, mm. even though they're very affluent, they still enjoy that connection with their neighbors and getting to know them. And that's what, what makes this so unique. So the, you don't do all the writing yourself. Absolutely not. And One you, or two stories and that's about it. And yet you encourage the residents to participate. How do you do that? You know, I, I have literally just asked people over the years, would you like to come be part of the publication? Right. And this year it took off. I've had several people just call and go, hey, I'd love to write. And they're great additions to the team because nobody needs to read David's stories over and over again. <laughs> um, I've been lucky enough, even during this downturn, or this, I should say the stay-at-home order, to have four students from Stockdale High School also contact me and say, we want to be part of it and we want to write, which nice. is really neat to see. So I've got Generation Z also involved with me as well, too. It's nice. This brings up a point that you made earlier, which is print media is dead, or at least I understand that print me all print media is dead. Everything has gone online, and yet Seven Oaks Living is not online. It's not online. We, we don't put it online on purpose because there's a lot of personal information in it. Ah. So the magazine only goes to the people that live in the neighborhood. The, the advertisers that support the magazine also get a copy of it as well. But it's not in racks or anywhere that you can pick up. It's just designed to reach the people that live in the neighborhood and share their neighbors with them and get the, them connected with their, their neighbor. The other thing about this that's interesting is this is a neighborhood magazine and you have advertisers and you have sponsors so it is profitable. Oh yeah. It's one thing to take a guess and a wild stab but it's something else to do research and do your homework and make an educated gamble going into business. How did you discern that going into publishing in a digital era was going to be profitable. You know, it was kind of a fascinating story. Um, I bought the publication from the previous publisher about three years ago. Uh -huh. It's been in print about six years. Right. When I was at Earners, as the marketing director there, she came in to see me. She's just one of those people that you instantly like. Just, you know, a great person. And when it, I, at one point I hit this milestone where I said, I want to go start my own business. And I was interested in publishing. At that time, kind of a foodie magazine type of a thing. Right. Sat down with her one day to, to find out how she does it, because I know how hard it is to lay it out, logistically print it, and get it in people's hands. And she said, all that's done by the, the corporation. So at that point, she invited me to join in. And uh, it was a good time to get into a publication that has proven itself over and over, including during the, the last downturn, 20, uh, 2008 and 2009. Uh-huh. Our company grew rapidly during that time. Really? Mostly because businesses were trying to go, all right, limited funds, right. how am I going to pinpoint marketing to the people uh, I most want to reach? And when it comes to specific neighborhoods, they knew that this is the only thing you can do to reach every single household in the neighborhood. And the numbers don't lie. They don't. It's amazing. Speaking of numbers, how did you discern what the trajectory of the growth of somebody who's going to read a printed publication come, to, come about? What do you mean by that, the trajectory of the growth? Well, of the readership? Right. Well, so readership is based on the number of homes in the, in the market. Ah. It grows in Seven Oaks because that neighborhood's growing rapidly. And I'm constantly adding on new homes because of Highgate and Belcourt where they're building. There's 8,000 more homes on the horizon out there. Right. Um, 
but as far as you know, the tra trajectory of profitability, that was all shown to me by the company before it came on. They said, look, here's the potential, here's what you can do with it, here's what that neighborhood should, should be able to earn for you. It's a good proposition. And you bring up something very important here is franchises sometimes get a very bad reputation because corporate is dictating all the rules and everything, and yet you willingly became a franchisee and a business owner in that respect. What has being a franchisee benefited you from having the mothership in assistance in helping you grow your business? You know, there's some serious economies of scale that come into play here, because like mm. I said earlier, the fact of trying to, if I had to hire somebody to lay this out and print it and ship it, it would probably double my expense. Mm. Um, so the company brings a lot of that to play. The company has grown and changed dramatically over the years, and including there was a new initiative started in January of this year that they had no idea that COVID was on its way um, that has really led the company through this time in a really positive way. We've changed rapidly. So the focus is no longer on just sell, sell, sell. Mm -hmm. It's on customer, 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 and taking care of them and getting connected and building those relationships and helping them through this as well too. So it's been a fascinating journey to see what they bring to it. Um, like you said, a lot of franchisees would go, no, back off and leave me alone. Right. They've really done a good job of stepping up and being part of the, uh, the bigger part of a good equation to help us all survive this. It's been good. You brought up something important, which is in this age of COVID, this age of stay at home, some would argue a recession, it's not about sell, sell, sell. It's about customer, 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 that relationship that you're building. What are you doing to reach out to your customers through this current pandemic? You know, we've had some customers on a local basis that have been really hit hard by this. Mm. I mean, you, I wouldn't give out any names or types, but I'll tell you what, some of their business has been cut in half. Right. Um, and we went out to those customers and said, look, and, and some of them called me early on and said, Dave, I gotta back up. Right. I, I just can't do this. What we didn't want them to do is lose that continuity with our, our readers. Mm. So we came up with this idea, said, look, we hope this is just a three month ordeal. Why don't we let you ride for the next three months? I'm gonna cover the cost of that. Um, we'll take those three months, we'll put them on the end of your agreement. So you're gonna get six months for the price of three, but we want you still connected with those clients. And for some of those businesses, I think it was a good move because they've stayed in front of them and I've heard really good news about them picking up some additional business. If people, Vision Your Nation, wanted to reach out to you to be a part of Seven Oaks Living, how do they do that? It's easy. You know, the easiest way is just to give me a call. Okay. Um, What's your phone number? My phone number is area code 661. Uh -huh. Business number is 432-1223. Easy enough, leave a message, happy to call back. Um, look, we, we don't make any assumptions that this is a good fit for everybody, mm -hmm. but we do what we're doing here. We sit down, we just talk. What does the business need? What are they trying to accomplish? Who are they trying to reach? If this is the right product for them, it'll be a fit, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out what the right budget is, the right, right way for them to be in front of it, and we'll show them some of the new things that we are, we're doing in addition to the print product as well too, which is kind of neat. That's some of the changes we've seen from the mothership this year, which we're really thrilled about. But a big part of this also comes from your background in marketing, which I would like to really explore when we come right back. Cool.
Are you getting the blue screen of death? Or worse, are you getting a black screen with white gibberish on it? Something that looks like it should be translated by an ancient Egyptian paleontologist? Have no fear. The highly trained staff at Bakersfield Bytes is here to serve you. As Kern County's number one rated computer repair store, your business's computers are in good hands. Need to upgrade your computer? No problem. Need a stronger network? No problem. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 and keep the backbone of your business in tip-top shape. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 or at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's bakersfieldbytes.com. We're here with David Perkins, the publisher of Seven Oaks Living Magazine. And we were talking before about what you're doing in this age of COVID. Sure. And this also comes from a background of things that you did or life experiences before you opened up your own publishing house. And one of the things that is fascinating about you and your, your background is you have never worked for a major corporation before. Never have. Everything has been with small business owners. Oh family-owned businesses. Some of them have had uh, a great number of employees, uh -huh. but still always family-owned. How has that impacted how you approach Seven Oaks Living? You know, it's amazing that every single one of those businesses have, has left some sort of an imprint on me. How so? I mean, one of, one of, the, one of the finest companies I've ever worked for, mm -hmm. Advanced Beverage, the Lazarinis, amazing people. And what does Advanced Beverage do? Advanced Beverage sells, uh, it's the Budweiser brand. Okay. Yeah. The way they taught me to take care of customers is second to none. Mm. Probably one of the most outstanding companies I've ever been around in my entire life. They treated the smallest customer the same way they did the largest customer. And amazingly enough, a few years later, some of those smallest customers became some of our largest. Right. It was a good lesson to learn early on. Absolutely. The Californian taught me as well, building relationships, selling value as opposed to selling through fear. So it's pretty amazing to just really pick up some key elements there. Uh, and then when I was at Earners, I didn't sell, but I was the marketing director. And what did what does Earners do? Earners is, it's a what you would consider the premier appliance, furniture, um, TV, and bedding company here in town. Mm. They're over 100 years old. That's, there's a lot to say for a company, that a family-owned company, four generations later, still in existence and doing well. And you took this marketing experience from earners, and what was the biggest takeaway that you had from your tenure there? Well, I mean, at that point, I, I did all kinds of marketing. So I was using traditional marketing, especially when I first started there. All there really was was traditional marketing. Mm. And then we entered the world of new marketing, new age digital, that sort of thing. Uh, social media, emails, websites that had to be interactive, the whole routine. So I think one of the things I really learned from there is be flexible. Learn, mm. learn to grow, learn to change, learn to adapt, and learn to figure out what it is that you need to do to reach your customers and what your customers need to reach their customers. This is something that we've heard over and over and over again, especially in this age of COVID, is adapt, 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 adapt. And from your experiences, way back from when you first started your first business, which was Service Master. Service Master back in the 70s. And, and why, well, first of all, let's start there briefly. What happened? For Service Master, why Service Master, and why did you start with that franchise? So when I came to Bakersfield to go to Bakersfield College, right. 
friend of mine helped me land a job working for Sir's Master cleaning buildings at night. Okay. Great company, got to know the owners quite well. When I got done with Bakersfield College, they brought me onto the night crew. So they had a, I'm sorry, the day, the day crew. Mm-hmm. Night division and a day division. Uh, worked for them for several years, ended up being their manager of their crews and the whole routine. And franchises were available, and it was an opportunity for me to grow as well and start my own. And then from there, you went into the Californian. Yep, it was probably about 15 years later. And the Californian is Bakersfield's largest newspaper. And from there, you learned the, the value of giving value first. Why, why is this important, and how has this influenced the way you run your business today? Well, I mean, let's face it. Um, everybody wants a good return on their investment in any mm-hmm. type of marketing. Right. It, but it's just not enough to say, here, look, I've got this great product. And at that time, the Bakersfield California was still a really good product, great circulation. Um, it was just prior to when digital started hitting. And we, we really had a great way of reaching the vast majority of um, of residents here in Bakersfield. Readership was very high. Um, so it was very easy for us to pinpoint demographics. Uh, readership, readership in newspaper typically means a higher educated individual, uh, which a lot of my clients, I had a lot of really big customers, Home Depot, Lowe's, Macy's, Gotchucks, um, that, re- that they required good information on where their um, inserts were reaching and what those neighborhoods looked like and how we could reach them best in the whole routine. So we really built a lot of value into what we offered them. And was that part of that experience that you had from the Californian in pinpointing demographics, was that helpful with your current business in determining the demographics of your current readership? I, mean, I, would, I would say it as well, too. Um, I learned quite a bit from that, moving from the California going into earners, where we still did more demographic research because we located, you know, we, we could identify the different zip codes where the vast majority of our business was coming from. And it was kind of surprising at times, too. And so when it came time to starting this, um, it was pretty obvious where uh, the best opportunities were going to be. My first publication was on the east side of town, up in the Rio Bravo area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven Oaks already existed, um, but when th- that publisher left, I picked that one up as well, too. When you, when you bought Seven Oaks Living, and you began your own demographic study, what was one of the things that popped out at you that you didn't realize that, that you shifted your publication to address? Okay, so what's really interesting that there's a lot of assumptions made about different neighborhoods. Uh-huh. And it could be easy to assume that people in Seven Oaks are high-income earners, which they are, um, and maybe aren't necessarily socially connected mm. or really involved with the neighborhood. And I found that surprisingly untrue. People are highly connected with their neighbors out there. They know them quite well. And it's fascinating to watch when when something shows up in the magazine, their their neighbors are emailing them and texting them, (laughs) going, hey, I saw you on the front. I had a family, a guy with with six daughters, Uh and when they were all on the front, their friends, when they came to school, go, I saw you on a magazine in my, in my house. <laughs> and so people really do like to, to know what's going on in, 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 within their neighborhood in Seven Oaks. I've made a lot of really good friends in Seven Oaks. Even some of these, what you would consider very high-power owners of high-powered businesses in town, right. very down-to-earth people. Sure. Amazingly down-to-earth people, very passionate about what they do. And it's been, it's been an eye-opener and a joy to see the passion in what they do and what they've accomplished. 
So the old saying of a man puts his leg pants on one leg at a time just like anybody else rings true. Pretty much. What were some of the things that popped out at you? You know, um, <laughs> it's some of them that own some really large businesses in town here. Right. The personal level of way, that, first of all, they treated me with, with utmost respect. They treated me like a friend. I mean, I had a few of them call me one day and go, Hey Dave, come by the um, office. I've got a bottle of wine for you. It's just, it's just a nice connection of people that really appreciate other people. And um, I mean, you, you would look at some of them and go, really, I would have not expected that of you. But these people, they're just, I think it's one of the things that makes Bakersfield so unique as well. The people here are amazing. And that holds true all the way through these, these business owners in Seven Oaks as well too. It sounds like also one of the lessons that you've learned on all of this is to take the quote from Thumper from Bambi, which is? If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. You know? <laughs> and I like that. We, everything we talk about in our publication is good content, good, nice things to say. We don't get into any politics. There's no, we're, we don't, we really don't get much into lifestyle that much. Mm. We're talking about people. Mm. And it's individual questions about them. Where'd you grow up? How did you end up in Bakersfield, you know? Right. How did you end up in this business? Why did you decide to leave that and start your own business? It's fascinating. I mean, you've interviewed some people. It's fascinating to find out their motivations, their passions, it's fun. One of the other things that you bring up on this, and this we're circling back to one of the earlier statements in this segment, is it's all about people. Mm -hmm. And it's about connections. As you've built this business, and you've developed these connections, and you've realized that many of these people are normal, everyday people just like you and I and others, what has been one of the things that you've discovered as a common thread that motivates these successful business owners to keep achieving and yet stay humble at the same time? Well, some of them that I've met in particular, they know their humble beginnings. Some of their stories are pretty amazing where they've come from mm. and where they've grown to. Most of these, these men and women that I've met over the years that are like that, don't forget where they came, they've come from. And it's pretty rare to see somebody who doesn't remember that and who doesn't apply that toward the people they serve. And you started from humble beginnings yourself. And we'll explore more of that when we come right back. Hey everyone, I am Ann Hauser, Marketing Director for the Palms at San Lorenz Senior Living. Hi everyone, it's Jennifer Pitcher, Local Public and Government Affairs Consultant. This is David Collins with Commercial Trade. Hello, my name is Chad Tonkel, founder and CEO of Primaris Market Development. What do these visioneers all have in common? They send us a quick 30-second video with their name, the business with whom they're associated, why they subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Program, and they emailed it to us at sbc at smallbusinesscelebration.com. Their videos all appeared on the Small Business Celebration Program, and yours can too. Simply shoot a quick 30-second video with your name, the business with whom you're associated, why you subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Program, and email it to us at sbc at smallbusinesscelebration.com. Your video could appear on the next Small Business Celebration Program, and we look forward to seeing your video today. 
We're here with David Perkins, the publisher of Seven Oaks Living Magazine, and I have to give you my condolences. You are a Packers fan. Ha, ha, ha. <coughs> Who's your team? We are the Vikings. The Vikings. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but, you, but you're a transplant yes, as far yes. as the Packers go. Uh, and, and aside from your poor choice in teams, uh, why, what, what team were you for before you left them? I used to be a Chargers fan. I moved here from San Diego, and so I, so I stuck with them through thick and thin. And when they finally moved to L.A., I said, it's time to break up. Right. So I thought I would honor my father and pick the Packers. <laughs> and I think, think that was a really good choice. <laughs> uh, well, you can be a milk toast pack cheese head if you want. That's okay. We, we won't, won't hold that That's personally funny. against you. But you do have one thing redeeming going for you. Well, let's find out what that is. And uh, you're a fellow Cromvillian. I am. It, People don't know what that means, do they? <laughs> well, unless they're from Kern County and they know their history. My guest and I were both from... Ridgecrest, and we also both went to the very same high school, Burroughs High School. school. Yes, yep. the home of the Burroughs Burroughs. Yep. Yes. And those who do not learn from history are condemned to repeat it. Absolutely. And what are some of the biggest characters, from lack of better terms, from history or people from history that you have really appreciated their, their story about? I think the thing that I've, I've appreciated most, even when you listen to um, about the two guys from Home Depot, is the level of failures that all these companies at one time faced, mm -hmm. or adversities, or whatever it is, and to just keep going. I mean, I did the same thing. The first six months of this, I was wondering, what in the heck have I got myself <laughs> into? I wonder if I could go back to where I came from. Right. But that's the scary part of every business. And then as you go through the different phases of business, it grows. Your confidence grows, your experience grows. Sure, you learn from some of your failures, and who hasn't had failures? We've all, all had failures in this, and I've made my mistakes as well, too. What is one particular mistake or failure that you have learned from publishing Seven Oaks Magazine, or Seven Oaks Living, that impacts the decisions you make today? I think that one, one of the things that is probably, it may be more particular or more unique to Bakersfield than not. I could be wrong, I don't know. I just think that when it comes to some of the businesses I deal with, it's people are more personal here. Mm. Everybody knows each other. Um, they really rely on what you say you're going to do and whether you do it or not. And I got into a situation where I made a promise to a client, somebody else impacted that promise, and it hurt. It hurt my relationship with that client. To this day, it's hurt that relationship. It's not something I'm proud of, and it's just one of those things that we all go through. I've since talked to them. I think we're fine, but it's not what you want to do as a business. I mean, right. our our own brands oftentimes are are our reputations, mm. and it's and it's probably even more true here in Bakersfield just because everybody knows each other and they rely on that. When somebody sees you at a restaurant, well, when they open the restaurants back up again, yeah. or at an event, or even you know in the car next to you, you're not David Perkins. You're Mister. Seven Oaks Living. That's, it's funny that you say it that way because I did run into somebody I'd never met right. standing in a Sequoia sandwich one day and she goes, aren't you Mr. Seven Oaks? <laughs> no, I just, I just published the magazine. But it is fascinating. You know? right, they right. see my photo on here as the publisher, but it's, it's, you're right. There's some identity with that. And part of that 
is, or the lesson from that identity, is a great example is Walt and Roy. Everybody looked at Walt Disney as the face of the Walt Disney Company, but it couldn't have operated without Roy. And the Mickey Mouse watch is a great yes. example of that. Without that, the first Walt Disney movie couldn't have been made. But what are some of the lessons that you have taken from your readings, from, from history, that impact the decision that you make? Well, maybe I can answer it this way. It may not be from reading or from history, mm -hmm. but I have a business coach that I've been working with from day one on this. Ah. And I'll tell you what, she has been invaluable. She lives in Florida. Hmm. We get on Skype twice a week. We spend a couple of hours. And it's a good opportunity to take a look at what beliefs do I have that are limiting me toward doing a better job. And a better job could be establishing a relationship or understanding somebody or, or going out and accomplishing certain things or whatever it happens to be business-wise. But in, in my opinion, she's probably been the most invaluable resource that I've had for just being an outside set of eyes and ears to go, maybe you're looking at it differently. Maybe you could change that belief here and maybe you could grow from it. And it's, it's, been, a, it's been a life changer for me. Did you have a, a business coach when you were at Earners or the California? Never. So what on earth possessed you to get a business coach when you started Seven Oaks Living? Well, I mean, at, at one point, and we won't get into a big long story, I ended up with kind of a, a personal life type coach mm -hmm. um, just because of, of a big medical thing I went through in my life and, mm -hmm. and so it's nice to be alive and putting life back together again. So. Um, at one point when I was getting to start this business, she goes, you know, I do an awful lot of business coaching, Dave. And she does. She's worked with some really big people over the years. And she goes, and you can write it off. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. So, yeah, we've done that. For business owners and business leaders who have the view that they don't need a sounding board, they don't need somebody to be that extra outside eyes and ears on their personal development, what would you say to them for getting a business coach? Well, I'll tell you what, I think that getting a second opinion, getting somebody who's not necessarily thinking like you, and especially somebody who's willing to, to uh, maybe challenge your own thinking, it's critical. Um, it's very easy to make an assumption that we think we know everything, even at my age and all my experience. I keep asking her when I'm gonna stop learning. Right. Haven't I arrived? No, Dave, you haven't arrived. You're always going to be learning. Right. And there's always something new that, that comes up that we're, we're going through. Without her, I, it would have been a big challenge to be where I'm at today. But she's pointed out when, when it was tough. And she, she's pointed out when I, there's days when we all feel down on our business, she goes, look at where you've been, where you've come to, right. where you're at now. And uh, I'll tell you what, having an extra sounding board, I can't imagine anybody wanting to do a business without it. It's just, it's lonely to do it by yourself. And there's only so much you can tell your spouse before she starts rolling her eyes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So true. From the lessons that you've learned from working for businesses that were family owned and then turning around and now owning your business for Seven Oaks Living, what is one thing that you would advise Visioner Nation that they could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? It's really easy to get hung up on focusing on gross income, profits, that whole routine. Those are all important. We all need to be in business later on. Mm -hmm. 
but without those without those customer relationships you're gonna have none of that mm. I mean so for me in a market where it's been tough to grow clients at times what I focused on is growing the clients I have mm. so instead of going back out and trying to find new clients and letting some drop off I'd rather build stronger relationships with some of those so that I could I actually took one client who was sharing an ad with a partner company of theirs for $500 a month and said, look, this is silly. You're, you guys are big companies. They're now both full page ad and between the two of them, it's about $2,500 a month. Nice. So it's much better to, to, to spend time with those, those clients that are there. We, you know, everybody calls them low hanging fruit, but they're clients, they're important people sure. to us and they're good partners. And I've tried to find ways to help them grow in our neighborhood and it's been effective and much better than trying to just bring on new clients constantly. If you help your customers succeed and help their business succeed, you'll succeed. I would I agree with that completely. And if visioneers wanted to reach out and get in touch with you, how do they do that? Easy enough. I'm available by phone. My office number is area code 661, and the number is 432-1223. David, thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration. It's been a real treat and a privilege. Thank it's you. It's been a blast. Thank you very much. Are you getting the blue screen of death? Or worse, are you getting a black screen with white gibberish on it? Something that looks like it should be translated by an ancient Egyptian paleontologist? Have no fear. The highly trained staff at Bakersfield Bytes is here to serve you. As Kern County's number one rated computer repair store, your business's computers are in good hands. Need to upgrade your computer? No problem. Need a stronger network? No problem. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 and keep the backbone of your business in tip-top shape. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 or at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's bakersfieldbytes.com. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. <laughs>